We wrap up our look at the LA Kings defense with a focus on the depth on the blue line, and we answer your questions about the LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. On today's episode of Locked On LA Kings, we continue our look at the Kings defense with a focus on guys like Alex Edler and young up-and-coming players like Jordan Spence and Brant Clark. My name is Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, for the past 20-plus years I've been at the Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host, sidekick, reporter, and NHL Network insider. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that has been putting out content for the past 16 years, and of course, a lifelong LA Kings fan. Uh, Real quick, if you don't mind, I'd like to do a little personal uh, shout out and wish my wife, Karen, a happy birthday. I am recording uh, this show on Friday a little bit earlier than I normally do. Uh, because we're heading off to Disneyland to have a, a fun day and celebrate her birthday. And uh, I will say this, um, if you have someone in your life who shares a passion that you have, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing for your relationship. My wife is the biggest San Diego slash LA Chargers fan in the world. Uh, and it has been my great pleasure to introduce her to the great sport of hockey and turn her, turn her into a diehard LA Kings fan as well. Her favorite player is Jonathan Quick. And we're going to be talking about Jonathan Quick a little bit later on in this show as well as next week as well. So happy birthday to Karen Garcia. Now on Tuesday's show, we looked at the Kings top defensive pairing and veteran Drew Doughty and up and coming defensive defenseman Mikey Anderson. Wednesday, we talked about the team's projected second pairing in veterans Matt Roy and former first round pick Tobias Bjornfoot. Thursday, we focused on the Kings projected third line of Sean Walker and Sean Dursey. And today we look at the Kings' depth at the defensive positions, and we start with veteran Alex Edler, who was signed to a one-year contract extension for the league minimum, $750,000 this past July. He is eligible to earn an additional $750,000 in games played bonuses. The 36-year-old Edler posted 19 points, 3 goals, 16 assists in 41 games last season, his first season in L.A., this after parts of 15 seasons in Vancouver. Edler, along with Drew Doughty, provide the veteran leadership on the defensive side of things for the Kings. And Edler should be uh, providing defensive depth and experience, if needed, for this upcoming season. But it will be interesting to see how much playing time he actually gets. Now, he started off last season very well uh, for the LA Kings, but then suffered a fractured ankle in November, missed uh, the last part of the regular season. He did end up playing through the injury um, because he was needed in the playoffs. And I believe that is in part... Um, why he was brought back to the LA Kings. Certainly the salary that he agreed to um, was was a factor as well. But, you know, even though playing through injury isn't unique in the NHL, it was pretty clear from comments from the coaching staff and from his teammates that Edler really stepped up for the team when they needed him. He was not 100%. And I think he, he earned the respect of a lot of his teammates and the coaching staff by going to Todd McClellan and, and saying, uh, I really want to be in the lineup and, and help the team in the playoffs, even though he was far from 100%. Uh, when he was healthy, Edler showed that he could play well, regardless of who was his defensive partner 
and that will likely be the case again this season if he's a plug-and-play defenseman when needed. He's also a left-handed shot and plays the left side, which is something the Kings don't have a lot of. So I really like the re-signing of Alex Edler. Um, you know, there were three different veteran guys, Edler along with Troy Stetcher and Ole Mata, that the Kings were looking at to maybe bring a guy back for, again, veteran leadership and, and a depth guy, maybe not in the lineup all that often, but someone who could play well and, and could play uh, in key minutes if necessary. And I, I think that's the situation with Alex Edler. Um, it's possible he could start the season on the third pairing. Uh, I'm guessing, though, when we, when we look back on it, that he'll maybe have played 30 to 40 games, maybe. Um, if it's more than that, it's because somebody got hurt. But he is a decent insurance policy. Like I said, did play well. Um, at the start of the year. Hopefully he can come back from the uh, the fracture in the ankle and continue to play a, a key role when necessary for the LA Kings. Jacob Movarari, like Alex Edler, is a native of Ostersund, Sweden. Like Alex Edler, he plays the left side. Like Alex Edler, he's got good size. He's 6'3", Edler's 6'4". But unlike Edler, Jacob Movarari is just getting his career started. The 23-year-old was a fourth-round pick of the Kings in 2016. The restricted free agent uh, was signed to a two-year extension this past June on a two-way deal worth $1.525 million. He played in 56 games over two seasons with the Ontario Reign with four goals and 21 assists. Movarari did make his NHL debut for the Kings this past season as an injury replacement. He played in 19 games and registered two assists. Now, 19 games is a small sample size, but um, Movarari did not look like he was out of place, defensively at least, at the NHL level. It doesn't look like he's going to be a guy that's going to provide much offensively, uh, but he did show some skill in, in being a good passer and, and helping to get the puck out of the defensive zone quickly and get the offense moving forward. I think in short, if the Kings need a reliable defensive defenseman to fill in from time to time, Jacob Movarari showed this past season that he could be relied on in that specific role. Um, so he's a depth guy, um, but uh, I don't see him getting a ton of minutes this year unless there's injuries again. But it is good to know that um, when called upon, uh, he can come in and provide some depth uh, for the Kings uh, when necessary. Now, unlike Moverari, Jordan Spence did show some offensive upside in his brief time with the LA Kings last season. The 21-year-old was a fourth-round pick of the Kings in 2019, made his professional debut playing 46 games for the Reign this past season, and scored four goals with 38 assists. That was second on the team in assists and by far the leading assist man from the back end. He played 24 games for the Kings and finished with two goals and six assists. And while he hasn't been called to do, that, to do this at the NHL level, he has shown an ability and skill at the AHL level to be a power play quarterback. Uh, by all accounts, Jordan Spence has shown that he is a fast learner and he has kind of moved up the charts for the LA Kings as far as their young defensive prospects. And uh, he has proven that he is learning the pro game very quickly, maybe a lot faster than a lot of the Kings uh, organiza uh, development organization people thought that he would. So he's not on the Brant Clark fast track to the NHL, which we're going to talk about in a second. But he, I, I think like Sean Dursey, Jordan Spence, Brant Clark, they are the future of the LA Kings on the blue line. Um, and uh, there's a lot of good, good, talented players there. But those three guys have definitely asserted themselves uh, as far as Kings' young defensemen that look like they could be a key part of the LA Kings' blue line uh, coming in the not-so-distant future. So we talked about uh, a couple of young defensemen in the system uh, that I think are worth mentioning that they have not made their NHL debuts yet. 
but it is worth talking about a couple of young guys that are also looking good at the lower levels, and that's Helga Granz and the aforementioned Brant Clark, who we've mentioned on a few different episodes. Both are currently getting ready to play in next month's World Junior Championship. Granz for Sweden and Clark for Canada. Granz just turned 20. In his first season in North America last season, he played well for the Ontario Reign in 56 games. He had seven goals and 17 assists. Uh, It is expected that he'll probably play another season in the AHL next year uh, and looks like he could be a player in the near future for the LA Kings. It's certainly, uh, again, another good, uh, young-looking depth defenseman uh, in the Kings system. As for Brant Clark, uh, the future could be now uh, for him, or at least very soon. Uh, the first-round pick, eighth overall in 2021. The 19-year-old is on the fast track to the NHL. And as I understand it, he can't play for the rain next season because of his age. So the Kings have to make a decision to send Brant Clark back to the OHL for a third season or have him on the Kings roster, which from what I understand is being very seriously debated. Uh, the Kings will have to determine whether it's better for his development to play another year um, against competition that he clearly is better than. Um, now, the good news, or I guess the upside you would say for him playing another year in the OHL, the Ontario Hockey League, is that he's going to get all the minutes. Uh, he's going to play in all the key situations, going to get the number one power play time. He'll be out there against all the top players. All the big, big moments and key minutes for, uh, I believe it's the Barry Colts that he plays for, Brant Clark will be on the ice. Uh, so he's going to get a lot of ice time. He will not get that ice time with the Kings at the NHL level unless there's some a lot of injuries, and we hope that doesn't happen. Um, but the, the upside is he gets to practice against NHL players. He'll get some playing time against NHL players. He'll learn the King system firsthand from their coaches. Um, so there is certainly an upside to that as well. What the Kings are leaning, uh, as far as where they're leaning with Brant Clark at this point, I I really don't think they know. Um, I'm I'm sure they're going to watch him very closely at the world juniors. Uh, they're obviously going to take a good look at him, uh, in, the rookie camp in training camp and the preseason games um, and, and then make their determination uh, then uh, what is best for Brant Clark. But I don't, you know, there's no rush. I don't think for him to get to the NHL. Um, There's still time. Um, You know, the worst case scenario, he goes back to junior. That's not really that bad of an option either. So you don't want to rush him. If you don't feel he's ready, there is the Kings have enough players that they can plug in and play right now. But, but I know that they they have high hopes for, for Brant Clark, who's a, a very talented offensive defenseman. Uh, and if they feel like he can contribute now, then they're going to play him now. Um, so it, it will be very interesting to see. He's another guy that I think we're going to be taking and we're going to keep being a, a very close eye on uh, this upcoming preseason. Overall, kind of wrapping up, looking at the Kings defense. It's not a spectacular group of players, but it is a very solid group of players. Uh, there are There is talent here. Um, and obviously a lot of good young players coming up through the system that eventually will get playing time. But I, I, I do think that this core group of Kings defensemen is good enough to get the Kings where they want to go. Is it a, an elite core amongst the best in the NHL? No, but I think it is good enough and solid enough and plays well defensively enough to, to be able to get the Kings at least in a deep playoff run if they stay healthy we need drew Doughty to stay healthy we need matt roy to stay healthy we need sean walker to stay healthy we'll see if that happens but if they do i I feel pretty good about where the the king's defensive core is at right now at the nhl level now i am a beer league defenseman uh not not very good but i love playing uh sometimes i need a little something to get me going to give me a little boost when i want to get out out there on the ice and that is when i reach 
for a built bar, specifically the new cookie dough chunk puff built bar. Uh, it's real cookie dough chunks covered in 100% real chocolate. Can't be good for you, right? Wrong. Built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Why not eat something that tastes good and is good for you? Go to built.com and snag a box for you and your family, or don't tell your family. Find a really good hiding place and hoard them all for yourself. If, if it was me, I'd hide it near my hockey bag because my wife won't go near that thing because it smells so bad. Uh, <laughs> whether you need a snack for your workout or a late night treat or just want to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar that tastes better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off of your order. Again, go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. Time to check in on the Locked on LA Kings email box, and uh, we're going to read some of your emails. Thank you to everybody who emailed in. Our first email comes from Frank, and he is in the high desert outside of Palm Springs, California. And he says, how do we expect the Kings to be able to sign Mikey Anderson if they're up against the cap, having just signed Gabe Velarde and Jarrett Anderson Dolan? Uh, well, Frank, according to CapFriendly.com, the Kings have $1,513,333 uh, of cap space left. And as Frank mentioned, and as we have mentioned uh, several times, the Kings are still looking to sign restricted free agents Mikey Anderson and Sean Dursey. Now the Kings can go over the cap at any point. They could sign Mikey Anderson and Sean Dursey tomorrow and be over the cap, and it's not a problem. The salary cap, by the way, is $82.5 million. Now you can be over the salary cap in the offseason, but you have to be cap compliant by the start of the regular season, which is October the 12th. So um, the Kings obviously have some things to figure out once they've signed these players. They are going to go over the salary cap. How they get cap compliant remains to be seen. There are some options. One of them could be a trade, which we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, But more likely, they'll have to send some of the players on their current roster down to the AHL. Now, there are certain waiver rules uh, depending on the history of certain players, a, a player's waiver status is based on a combination of age at which the player signs his first NHL contract, the number of games played after the contract is signed, and years played in the league. So a lot of the younger players for the LA Kings uh, can go down to waivers, play in the AHL, and cannot be claimed by other teams. They would be players like Arthur Kaliev, Quentin Byfield, Rasmus Kupari, Tobias Bjornfoot, Jordan Spence, and Helga Granz. Players that are a little bit older, like Gabe Velarde, Jared Anderson-Dolan, and Leas Anderson, are not exempt from waivers and could be claimed by other teams. If they're not claimed, they could be then sent down to Ontario and the AHL. So, look, the Kings, I'm sure, have a plan in place for what they want to do. Um, They could very easily be sending Rasmus Gupari and Tobias Bjornfoot down to the AHL. Um, I don't think Gabe Velarde or Jared Anderson Dolan would clear waivers. I think a team uh, would claim them. Leah Sanderson, though, I'm not so sure about that. Um, I've mentioned it on on previous shows. He's a guy I'm not a big fan of. Um, He was a top 10 pick of the New York Rangers back in the day. They gave up on him. The Kings thought maybe a change of scenery will help him find his game. It hasn't worked out so far. I think if they put him on waivers, I think there's a decent chance he could clear waivers. Uh, But frankly, even if he doesn't, uh, I, I don't think that would be much of a loss for the LA Kings if I'm if I'm being totally honest about that. So, uh, Frankie, Frank, thank you for that email. hope that uh, answered your question a little bit. Our next email comes from Brian in Tampa, Florida. He says, in my opinion, the Kings should try and move Alex Iafalo if possible. I love him, but he has a $4 million cap hit 
and he lost his top six spot. That money could be used to sign Mikey Anderson and Sean Dursey. It also opens up a third-line wing position for a guy like Rasmus Gupari or Carl Grumstrom or Gabe Velarde. Uh, good point, Brian. That is absolutely an option. I know that Alex Iafalo's name has been mentioned as a player that could possibly be moved. Do you want to play a third-line winger? Uh, $4 million a year. Now, I will, I will say, as far as you talking about him losing his spot in the top six, he really was never suited to play on a top line. I mean, he's just not that kind of a player. He's a good player, but he's not a player that is talented enough to be playing on somebody's number one line. So he was put in a position. I understand it. The Kings kind of wanted to see if maybe he was a guy who could finally kind of break through like Adrian Kempe did, but playing most of the season on the number one line with Kempe and Kopitar, and he still just couldn't find an offensive game. I think he, he proved to the Kings He's not a top-line winger. That's part of the reason why they went out and got Kevin Fiala. I think he would be much better suited playing on the second line, but when you've got the great chemistry between Philip Deneau and Victor Arvidsson and Trevor Moore, um, you're, you're going to keep that line together as long as they continue to show that continuity and that chemistry. Now, if Arvidsson uh, can't return from the back injury sooner rather than later and they play it safe, maybe Alex Iafala slides in on the second line. I think he'd be a terrific third-line player, but as you said, Brian, do they want to spend that kind of money on a third-line player when they have a lot of talented wingers waiting in the wings to get their opportunity? Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very valid point. Uh, I would not be shocked if it does happen, but uh, whether the Kings decide to do that or not, uh, we will have to wait and see. Our third and final email comes from Orange Coast Kev, or excuse me, Oregon Coast Kev. Sorry about that, Kevin. Oregon Coast Kev says... I have been a faithful Kings fan since the late 70s, a former season ticket holder at the Forum and Staples Center. Really looking forward to this season, including the direction of this podcast. Uh, Kings management has put a team in the position to make what looks to be maybe three or at least two realistic runs at the Cup in the immediate future. And they're still feeding the big team with young, fresh talent. Add great drafting and development, and the Kings' future looks good as well. The only thing I'm worried about now is Jonathan Quick retiring as a King. After last season, his stock is up, and as a backup slash mentor type to a team on the rise with a young goaltender in net, uh, I like the sound and direction of the show. Uh, adding weekly segments would be great, as you mentioned. Also, audio of player and coaches' interviews, if possible. And he closes out by saying, Go, Kings, go. Um, now, we're going to talk more about the Kings' goaltending situation on Monday's show. Um, and, and I'm just as curious as you are, Kev to see what happens with Jonathan Quick. Um, now, we saw Dustin Brown, obviously, uh, wrap up his long career with the LA Kings. Uh, like Jonathan Quick, longtime LA King, two-time Stanley Cup winner, and a key piece uh, for the Kings, veteran leadership and all that. Um, but Brown decided, you know, he look, Brown didn't have a great year this past year, and he decided, you know what, maybe this is the end. Maybe it's the perfect time. My contract's up. I don't want to play for another team. I also don't want to just hang on and, you know, maybe be a healthy scratch every now and then. It's a good time for me to go, and I'm going to go. And I, I felt as a fan, as much as I like Dustin Brown, I thought the timing was pretty spot on. I, I think it was time for him to, to move on and, and make way for some of the younger players. Uh, for Jonathan Quick, though, I mean, if you, if you don't know, his contract is up at the end of this year. And so is it possible he could do like Dustin Brown did and, and call it a career and, and go out playing uh, with only the L.A. Kings? Certainly very possible. Uh, I think a lot depends on how he plays this year. It, it, you know, if if Jonathan Quick plays the way he played at the end of last season and shows that he still has something left in the tank, 
I could see him wanting to come back on a, on a one or a two year deal, possibly if he's playing that well, of course, if he isn't playing that well and he doesn't get a lot of uh, starts, I could also see him doing the Dustin Brown and saying, okay, I've had my time. I've won my cups. I've won my cons, my trophy. I've, I'm the greatest uh, goaltender in LA Kings history, probably a future hall of famer. One of the greatest us born goaltenders of all time. I can hang up knowing that I, I gave it all I had and I had a great career. Now, I don't know if you were alluding this to this or not, Kev, but you're saying him being a backup mentor type. I don't know if you meant that with the Kings or maybe going elsewhere and holding that role. I doubt it. I really don't see that for Jonathan Quick. He's the type of guy, he's one of the most competitive goaltenders and most competitive athletes I've ever been around. He is extremely competitive. I still will never forget the home opener this past season for the Kings. It was the first time Jonathan Quick didn't start a home opener since he'd been on the Kings. Cal Peterson got the call. And I remember Jonathan Quick's face on the bench when they were introducing all the bench players. And he was just stewing on the bench during that game. He was pissed that he did not get the starting assignment and that he was watching from the bench. And he that he's just he's that competitive. I I just I really do not see Jonathan Quick being a guy who bounces around the league just kind of holding on to get a paycheck, you know? I mean, we do see, we have seen that with great goaltenders. I mean, like Grant Fuhrer comes to mind. He bounced around here and there at the end of his career, even even was briefly an LA King. Um, but I, I just, I don't see Jonathan Quick doing that. I don't see him being like a mentor coach and a backup somewhere. I think if Jonathan Quick can't be the number one guy in net or at least the 1A, 1B uh, in net where he's sharing time, him just being a backup, wearing the baseball cap on the bench, uh, I, I I think if that happens, I think he will call it a career at the end of the season. And a lot of that depends on not only how Jonathan Quick plays, but how Cal Peterson plays as well. I mean, if, if Cal outplays him, if Cal finally takes that step forward because the Kings have invested in him, then that could push Jonathan Quick to the bench more and, and cause him to hang it up as well. But again, I would be stunned if Jonathan Quick was one of those guys that accepted a backup role as just like a mentor and bounced around the league, just kind of holding on. That would I, I just can't see Jonathan Quick doing that. I, I would be very shocked if that ended up being the case. Just a reminder that the law, by the way, thank you to all the people who emailed. If you would like to send an email, we'll give you the information on that in a second. But just a reminder that the Locked on NHL podcast has you covered for all your league-wide NHL talk with a rotating cast of local hosts on the Locked on NHL channel, breaking down the biggest stories in hockey five days a week. Subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. That is the Locked On NHL channel. There is one piece of Kings-related news that I wanted to pass along. The Ontario Reign, the LA Kings AHL affiliate, signed veteran defenseman Cameron Gauntz. Uh, He's a 32-year-old, spent the last two seasons playing for Ontario, appeared in 61 games last year with 27.7 goals and 20 assists. He's played a total of 731 career AHL games, providing veteran leadership to young players of the Reign on and off the ice. Gantz was named the Ontario Reign's winner of the AHL Person of the Year for his outstanding contributions in the community, second time he's won that award in his career. And, uh, you know, it is a reminder that, you know, there are guys out there that uh, know that they're not talented enough to play at the NHL level, at least not consistently. And they're like, you know what? Uh, I've made my peace with that, and I would like to continue to be paid thousands of dollars to play a sport. Uh, and, and that's what Cameron Gantz is doing. He's an AHL guy now. He's not going to play at the NHL, but he can still provide a role in the organization, being a leader on and off the ice for a lot of the young players 
for the Ontario Reign. That will be future Kings going forward. And like I said, this guy has done great things in the community. He's done great things on the ice at the AHL level. So he's a guy that can be a mentor to a lot of these young Ontario Reign players for the LA Kings. And who knows, maybe he's at this point in his career, he's kind of uh, cultivating a career for him maybe later down the line, staying in hockey as a coach or someone who works in development or something like that. So anyway, Cameron Gaunt's uh, a, a, a pro's pro at the AHL level, uh, sticking for another year with the Ontario Reign. Hey, coming up on Monday's show, we're going to update you on any LA Kings news from over the weekend, of course. And we'll also, as I said, going to look a little bit deeper at the Kings goaltending situation for next year. To keep up to date with this show and what's going on with the LA Kings, please follow us on Twitter. We are at LockedOnLAKings. If you would like to send me an email with any comments or thoughts on the Kings or this show or anything else, uh, and you can send us an email, and we will read those every Friday. The email address is LockedOnEddie, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. And again, thank you to all who emailed this week. And thank you for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were able to listen all week. Hope you enjoyed the shows and we'll continue listening as we go forward. Um, Have a great weekend. Uh, Again, thanks for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. As always, I remind you, go Kings, go.